Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 188, What About My Haters? It's January 20th, 2024. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and so on. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any fashion. I am no longer using music for my podcast intros or outros in order to be more inclusive for people who have hearing loss or who are hard of hearing. I invite you to join the movement and get other podcasters and social media influencers and people to ditch the music when combined with voice. That would be helpful. End of non-musical intro. What about my haters? Well, this is an interesting topic, I think. I don't know if you know where I'm going with this because this happens in families, in friend groups, at work. Everywhere that there are people are, this situation can happen. Before I break it apart for you, Visit my website if you haven't already and entered my giveaway. As I mentioned in the intro, my disclaimer is that nothing I say in this podcast or in any of my other content in any format is intended or designed to be medical or therapy advice. It is simply not that. I do have transcripts for hearing people and hard of hearing people or the deaf community. Unfortunately, they are in a terrible format. I am working on that to get that remedies. It might take me quite a while, I'm not sure, but I am working on it. I do apologize for the unusable format. I mean, you can use it, but it's like 40 to 60 pages for a 30 to 40 minute podcast instead of being eight to 10 pages. If you are listening to this podcast and you are feeling hopeless or suicidal, or you simply believe that life is too hard for you, I am asking you to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. There is help available, so make that call or text. What? about my haters oh my oh my heavens people if you are happy in life i can promise you you will probably have some haters if you are or were in a relationship with a narcissist a psychopath a borderline personality disorder antisocial personality disorder or otherwise abusive person you probably absolutely have one or more haters if you are successful it's likely you have haters if you feel good about yourself you will probably have some haters. If you are authentic and real, that's almost guaranteed to get you some haters. If you have healthy boundaries, that may provide you with some haters. If you are mentally and emotionally healthy, I can promise you, you'll probably have some haters. If you are assertive, you'll also probably have some haters. If you happen to be different in some fashion or in some capacity, it's very likely you will have haters. If you are very nice, kind, sweet, and thoughtful, you'll also have some haters. I hope you understand where I'm going with this. A, number one, this is extremely common. It's very, very common to have haters in life. Number two, 
from the list I just gave you where you might have potential haters, nothing on that list is because you did something bad or because you're a bad person or because you did something wrong. Having haters does not necessarily mean you've done something bad or wrong. Now, if you've done something bad or wrong, get in action, apologize, clean it up, make it right the best you can. Hate as a word is an intransitive verb, meaning that it does not take a direct object. And here are three different definitions that I feel fit this context. Number one, to feel strong dislike or hostility toward. Two, to feel dislike or distaste for. And three, to be disinclined to do something out of politeness or, or a need to apologize. So you get the idea for this podcast, I'm talking about either a strong dislike or hostility or a distaste, or you're not inclined to do something, you know. So there's hate, that's what we've got with hate. Now why do people hate? Well, there's a number of motivating factors for hate, whether you're, we're using, whether that's actually hate in the truest form, or whether it's a strong dislike or hostility or distaste, you can use whatever word resonates for you. If hate doesn't do it for you, you could use dislike, hostility, disinclined, or distaste. So number one, jealousy and envy. Not all jealousy and envy is hate, however except that a lot of jealousy and envy uh, is related to disliking you, feeling hostility, or having a distaste for you. Number two, resentment. Number three, contempt. Contempt, by the way, is a cold version of hate. Four, irrational thinking. Five, low self-esteem. Six, fears, which could be fears of rejection, abandonment, or some other internal fear. Projection. Being righteous, judgmental, opinionated, or a know-it-all. Nine, it fills some type of void or some missing element. Ten, close-mindedness. Eleven, low emotional abilities. There are eleven situations, feelings, traits, what have you, that could leave someone in your hater category or your dislike category or your hostility category. None of them are a reflection of you. Now, it could be that your light bothers them. Some people have a lightness or goodness to them that triggers or bothers other people. It could also be your personality. Sometimes if you have a certain personality or temperament, that irritates people. Now, hate, in the, in the truest form, really what it does is it destroys the hater. It's a poison that a hater imposes on themselves. They're trying to impose this on you, but you do not have to accept or take on someone else's hate, hostility, dislike, distaste for you. You do not have to take it personally. You do not have to allow that into your space. You do not have to allow it to disturb your peace. You can have an approach where you say to yourself or think to yourself, it's just not my problem. Now, just to introduce a little layer of research, there are in the research seven stages in the model of hate. Now, this is one model for hate, and this kind of applies more to group dynamics and mobs and movements, but I do think it's worthwhile mentioning. So number one, because actually, truthfully, 
someone who hates you, dislikes you, distaste, has a distaste or hostility, they will frequently gather a group. So the first model, the first stage in the model of hate is that the haters gather. So usually compelled, they're usually compelled to gather together to validate themselves and their position. So the first stage we see is the haters gather, they're getting together. Number two, the hate group defines itself. So in this instance, we're talking about your personal haters. You are the object of their hate. So they're defining themselves as we all don't like Lisa Lundy or we all don't like you or whoever. Number three, the third stage in the model is the hate group disparages disparages the target. So this could be verbal abuse and verbal abuse, by the way, of the target, whoever it is, bolsters the self image of the haters in their own minds. That's very important. It's in their own minds that they're bolstered. In the minds of the rest of the people, no, no, that's not true. So number four, this next stage is the hate group taunts the target. Now, instead of looking inward, the haters will taunt the target to avoid looking internally and avoid internal introspection. The fifth stage is the hate group attacks the target with Without weapons, some more aggressive actions in this stage, that could look like smear campaigns, backstabbing, gossiping. The sixth stage is the hate group attacks with weapons. Well, this would really only apply to mobs and whatnot, unless you're, unless you're in domestic abuse, which then could be violence. And the seventh stage is the hate group destroys the target. Well, in the Lisa Lundy Love Life podcast channel, nobody gets to destroy you because you as a human being are building strengths and abilities and skills and new muscles and empowering attitudes and beliefs and you you could become invincible. So, So the researchers in the seven stage model of hate were using the Nazis, skinheads and other hate groups out in society. I am applying this to you in your life, in your circle, which could mean your family. It could mean your work group. It could mean in clubs or organizations, friend groups. It could be anywhere where people are. So what are the behaviors that haters or people who dislike you or have hostility or resentment or distaste for you, what are the behaviors that they do? Number one, backstabbing. Two, smear campaigns. Three, lying and triangulation. Four, withholding information, resources, and money, which absolutely happens in every category, even at work. Five, creating a team against you. Six, enrolling people that you are somehow bad by way of lying, triangulation, and of course, their irrational thinking or rewriting history or rewriting the narrative. Seven, preventing you from having access to people. That's isolation. That's a tactic of abusers and haters. Eight, cutting you off from events and significant milestones. That could be weddings, funerals, births, or any other type of event or milestone. Nine, stealing your money or assets. Ten, rewriting narratives falsely. This is done out of their self-protection so they don't feel bad. 11, projecting, putting their behaviors or their emotions onto you. 12, 
blaming you for their decisions, actions, or lack of actions, or uh, whatever they did or didn't do. 13, gaslighting you. 14, resenting you for the good you do. 15, contempt for you. That's a partial list, but that's a good, that's a good list because from the earlier introduction when I was talking about narcissists and psychopaths and sociopaths and anti-personality disorder, these people, antisocial personality disorder, these people, this is their MO. That is what they do. That is what abusers do. If someone's trapped in domestic abuse, and, and quite frankly, they are probably absolutely trapped, that is, that is a hater. That is a hater that just hates you. So that's a partial list. There are other actions and activities they may engage in, but that gives you an idea of what we're talking about. If you haven't listened to my podcasts on smear campaigns, that will lay it out. If you haven't listened to my podcast on triangulation, gossip and flying monkeys, that'll be helpful. The research indicates that hate is easier to spread than anger. Interestingly enough, also supported by some other research that says negative entities are more contagious than positive ones. The bottom line for you is, if you're different, if you stand up for yourself, if you stand up for someone else, if you're happy, you have boundaries, you're mentally and emotionally healthy, you're successful, you live your own life, you feel good about yourself, you are very likely to have some haters because haters or the people who resent you or they're hostile, or they have a dislike or distaste for you, they are typically insecure, number one. Number two, they typically have low emotion abilities, abilities without question. Three, they frequently, almost always have low self-esteem. Four, they certainly have low self-awareness or they would not engage in that behavior. Five, they are often unhappy in their own life and how, where their life is. Six, they are mentally or emotionally not stable or well. That might not apply to everyone, but it's a, it's a good guess. It's not a far leap. And the last one is they are certainly usually jealous, envious, resentful, or filled with contempt. Now, haters can cause lots of drama and lots of problems, so I am not minimizing this. Now, I do have a podcast on drama. That might be helpful to you but they can cause serious pain, damage, issues, and problems. So there's no doubt about that. So when you have haters or people who don't like you or they're hostile or they have a distaste for you, it's very painful. That's painful because sometimes the people who you figure out later are in the hater group were people that you trusted and loved and thought were on your team. And then you find out they're actually one of your haters. It can be shocking, it can be deeply troubling, very disconcerting to find out that people who you thought were either your friends, or if it's in family, or your spouse, or whomever, has been plotting and scheming against you. It can be a great big blindside, a total shock. And I'm going to have some recommendations about dealing with your emotions because this is a very, it's a deeply painful situation to have haters. Now, this is not a reflection of you unless you've been doing something bad. As I already mentioned, I'm assuming in this podcast that's not the case. If you've done something bad, wrong, 
you know, improper, clean it up, apologize. It takes a big person to say, hey, you know what? I was not too nice to you. I'm sorry. I mean, I've said that to many people. I'm not proud of the fact that sometimes I'm not nice to people, but I at least own it. And I can say, you know what? I'm sorry. I was really, I was not, that was not my proudest moment. I'm sorry. So this is common in society, though, because we are so lacking in mental and emotional health and wellness. This behavior of being a hater is not something that a person who has high emotional intelligence, high emotional abilities, and high mental and emotional health does. No, no, we don't do that. We feel sorry for people who do that, but we don't do that. We do not do that. And if you're not sure about that, I have plenty of podcasts on emotional intelligence that will lay out for you the traits and characteristics of someone who has high emotional intelligence. This is not what we do. I have high emotional intelligence and no, 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 never. Yes, I've made mistakes. Yes, sometimes I'm mean. I mean, you know, usually if you hurt me and I react and I can't catch myself, but no, this is not something that emotionally, mentally fit people with the high emotional intelligence. No, 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 no. That doesn't mean, however, that someone who's engaging in activities of being a hater is mentally ill. I am not saying that individuals who are doing the hate group thing or being a hater, I'm not saying they're mentally unwell or mentally ill. They certainly have a lower level of mental and emotional fitness, but I'm not saying they have a mental illness. So just to be clear. I, of course, always recommend that you do not stoop to their level, that you take the high road. Now, I think what would be helpful at this point would be to give it a real life example, not necessarily from my life because we don't talk about my life that way usually. So this is a story about a man named Jack. Now, Jack, some years ago, was working with some other guys he knew to start a club and uh, they got this club going and then Jack who was kind of a little bit of a ringleader in the getting it organized Jack was looking for one of the other guys to be like the leader the president or whatever titles they were using in in the in the club and no one would do it and Jack was really upset about it because Jack was dealing with some life challenges really hard things in his life at the time and Jack just really didn't want to do it I mean he he was he would have been happy to do it but he had his emotional bandwidth was was kind of low because of the life challenges that he was undergoing at the time but nobody would do it so Jack felt left holding the bag because basically the other guys kind of looked at him and said look Jack either you be in charge or we're all kind of we're all going to leave we're just not going to do it so reluctantly Jack agreed although Jack had said look if one of you other will just be the leader I'll help you You won't have to do all the work, I'll help you, blah, 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 because Jack would have done anything to have someone else on paper be the official leader and contact person, but that's not how it went. So Jack ends up being in charge of the group reluctantly. He does a great job. Everything's fine. Everybody's happy. They're really happy that Jack said yes, and the group gets going, and the group is successful. 
So in the club, though, everything's good. And then eventually, years later, like I don't know how many years later, uh, this other guy from the club, from the beginning of, of the original club, the original men who started the club, this guy, Mike, Mike's life didn't go the way Mike had hoped. Mike never got married. Mike never had kids. Mike's life just did not, shall we say, go the way he had hoped in any capacity. So interestingly enough, though, because of the club, Mike really like later, later, later on in the club's history, Mike becomes very involved and is a real leader. And, you know, he does the things that Jack w wanted him to do from the beginning that he wouldn't do. But Mike, you know, he takes on. But then at some point, Mike rewrites history. And Mike rewrites history in a way. He changes the narrative in a way where Jack is now the bad guy. Jack took his position of being the first president or club, whatever, whatever their, whatever their titles were. I really don't know. And Jack is just really upset. Now, Jack has rewritten, I mean, Mike has rewritten the whole history of what happened. Not that necessarily that Mike is aware he's done that, but he has literally done that. And there would be, if it was discussed openly, there would be plenty of people that were around when Jack was the leader and helping to get things started that could say, oh, no, that's not how it went. We basically forced Jack to be the leader. So then Mike, being upset because, of course, he missed his, his golden opportunity, it was stolen from him by Jack, Mike then becomes a hater of Jack, rewrites history, and gets a whole gang of people to hate Jack. This is actually what people do. I hate to break it to you. Now, is that normal? No, but people rewrite history. People change the narrative to suit their own lack of mental health, lack of whatever. This happens all the time, and it happens at work, and it happens like in families, it happens everywhere. That's what some people do that allows them to become a hater because if Mike was really honest, Mike could say, you know what? Jack like begged us for someone to step up. Jack begged us and we, we wouldn't do it. Now, in all earnest, Jack might not have been forthcoming with the club at the beginning, I don't know if he was or not, about his life challenges. He may or may not have been. But certainly Jack was forthcoming in, I need one of you to step up. I'll support you. I'll be the background guy. I'll even do almost all the work. I just need someone else on paper for this club. So Mike rewrites everything, gets a gang of haters. This happens all over the place, people, exactly in that way. So that hopefully should make it clear to you that this does happen and it happens more than you know. So I have some suggestions for you if you've got haters. First of all, number one, grow your emotional abilities like crazy. Like make this your number one priority. You ha have on my website, if you go to the internet website, my website, you have the Newsweek logo on the right-hand side. Right below that is a little icon that has a free downloadable 
Now it's like 30 pages, an emotional processing workbook that is completely free for you to download. You do not even have to register. You do not have to sign up. You don't have to give me your email. I don't care about any of that. I'm busy doing what I do. I'm not one of these people who's going to be sending you out, you know, an email a week or, oh my God, I feel like you have time for that. I want to say get a life people. And I do know what other people recommend. I am well aware of that. Read the workbook several times. I promise you this will change your life for the better. Now, if you download the workbook, and by the way, if you're on a mobile app, you just have to scroll to the very bottom of the page, so you'll see the Newsweek logo and the downloadable workbook is the link below the Newsweek logo on a, on a mobile app. If the workbook sounds to you like gibberish, my coaching for you is that's because this is brand new territory for your brain. When your brain reaches new boundaries and kind of the limits of your mind, things will sound gibberish. Things will not make sense. It could also be because you get triggered. I gave, I spoke at a conference last year on happiness, and this was very basic. This was not like highly scientific. I did include science, of course. But the people who were triggered by happiness, which I said at the outset of my speaking engagement at the conference, some of you will get triggered because I'm talking about happiness. The people who were triggered because I was talking about happiness wrote on their evaluation, I couldn't tell what she was saying. I have no idea what she said. Their brains shut down completely because they're triggered by happiness. That's how unhappy they are, sadly. So if something sounds like gibberish or you start to get tired or you think, oh my God, I can't do this, keep going back to it. Keep, this is expanding your mind and expanding your horizons and your limits. What I promise you is the feedback I've received in the last six months is the workbook is very straightforward. We know the workbook is based 100% on sound proven psychology, nothing fringe, nothing that people wouldn't agree to. Use the workbook and grow your emotional abilities. The workbook on my website is different from what's on the internet because what's on the internet about how to manage or process your emotions is physical things to do in the 3D world. Punch a pillow, draw a picture, rip up a picture, cry, call a friend, be grateful, make a gratitude. These are physical things which there's nothing wrong with them. I'm not de demeaning those or belittling those or minimizing those, but that's not the process that happens in your mind. Where your emotions get managed and processed is in your mind. That's what we know from the research. So get my workbook and start using it or go buy something else. You can go buy something that might not be proven, but grow your emotional abilities, number one. Two. You have to deal with your emotions about the fact that you have haters. This is painful. There's no way around it. It's painful. It can be extremely shocking, very sad. You might be furious. You might be in denial. You might, you know, if you're in denial, get out of denial. You might have some disbelief. I mean, when the story I told you about Jack and Mike, well, Jack had no idea for quite some time that Mike had rewritten history, that Mike had changed the narrative, and Mike had gone out and recruited other members from the club to hate him. Jack just didn't have any idea. And then Jack found out, and Jack was like, wow, 
what the, you know, what the what? So you have to deal with your emotions if you have haters, especially if it's your spouse, your significant other. And trust me, there are married people where one spouse has contempt and hates the other one. Not necessarily for good reason. That may be because they're a psychopath, a narcissist, borderline personality. They might have a mental health diagnosis or they just might be an abuser. But this happens between parents and children, between siblings, all over the place. These are difficult emotions. The, the difficult emotions are the things that I just mentioned. Shock, sad, sadness, anger, disbelief, bewilderment. It's, you know, and this is a very sad situation. If you're being hated on or people are hostile or have a distaste for you and you've done nothing wrong. Like that's just, there's nothing pleasant about it. So you have to dig down and deal with your emotions because otherwise you're just going to carry them around. Interestingly enough, from the research, what we know is any emotions that you do not identify, manage, and process will lay in wait for you in your mind. They will lay in wait. That's what the research said. I know it was shocking. I was like, wow, this is fascinating. They're down to this level. So deal with your feelings. You do have to allow your feelings. You have to feel them. Use the workbook. That'll help you walk through dealing with all your emotions. Number three, you might have a need for forgiving yourself. So if you need to forgive yourself for any aspect, I would do that. I'm not saying you need to forgive yourself for something, but you might have to forgive yourself if you didn't catch on sooner or, you know, you were blindsided by it, whatever. Forgive yourself if that's appropriate, which may or may not be. Number four, self-care. When you're dealing with situations, problems, drama, haters, whatever, it's very helpful to boost your self-care make self-care a priority which is more than just your grooming look around in society we have more people who are not taking care of themselves than are my podcast on self-care and self-compassion will lay out for you what all i incorporate in self-care as well as self-compassion beyond grooming number five love yourself i understand i well understand how difficult it is for many people to even like themselves. I'm well aware of that. I coach people. I work with people. I get it. I mean, I don't have that issue, thank God. But I'm well aware that many people really don't like themselves. Some people hate themselves. So there's a whole, there's a whole range. You might just like mildly dislike yourself you, and the other extreme is you hate yourself i'd like you to move towards loving yourself and appreciating yourself and lots of my podcasts will help you number six focus on making your life amazing you put your attention and your focus on your future and making your life best most amazing and miraculous life you could possibly make it and guess what <laughs> guess what <laughs> i'm laughing but it's not funny but the haters will hate you all the more they will hate you all the more so go for a magical life i mean you're gonna have haters no matter what you do i hate to break it to you even if you're demure sweet quiet quiet you know you will have haters you know so 
go for that pinch me is this really my life feeling yes go for that why not i don't know or you could just drift in life or you could just you know do something else but that's recommendation number six so number seven once you've dealt with all of your emotions about the haters and about the situation and what has been done to you or what's happened or what's being said about you eventually you have to go through all the emotional pieces eventually you can move to a position where you would forgive them i do recommend forgiveness i have a podcast about forgiveness because i am not a fan of carrying grudges keeping score that's not good for you you are better than that you do not have to forgive people but forgiveness has the benefits for you there's no benefits to the haters if you forgive them they don't get a benefit I mean, even if you tell them you've forgiven them, which I don't even recommend that, but do your own internal work to deal with this. And I do suggest if you can move to forgiveness, do that. Now, in all of this, of course, of course, of course, it goes without saying, I think I've already said it twice in this podcast, make sure you are a good person doing good things in the world. That will mean having rational thinking. If you have irrational thinking, your thinking is warped, distorted, inaccurate, or flawed. Those are the adjectives that are used for a cognitive distortion or irrational thinking. When you have irrational thinking, you might not think you're doing something bad to somebody else, but your thinking is flawed. It's inaccurate. So make sure you are a good person doing good for others to others in your in your life. You will then leave at the curb any doubt or question, did I do something wrong or bad? Going back to the example I gave, when Jack when Jack found out about what Mike was up to <laughs> and the size of Mike's hater group, etc. Besides being shocked and upset and bewildered, what Jack knew was that Mike was not factual, that Mike was lying and Mike had rewritten history and, and changed the narrative. But Jack knew he didn't do anything wrong and he was a good person. Jack knew he didn't incite Mike to do that. And he, in other words, Jack knew grounded in reality and the truth that it was not his fault that he now had this posse of haters. So when you operate from goodness and being good to yourself and being good to other people and being good in the world, that removes the question or the doubt or the concern about did you do something to precipitate this? And I highly recommend being a person of character and integrity, which is why I actually have a podcast about the magic of character and integrity, because character and integrity is absolutely magical. Like it will, it will free you up from lots of anxiety. And if you keep your word and you have integrity, that's going to save you anxiety. It's going to save you lots of problems as I talk about in the podcast. So the power of this concept of haters is in knowing number one that it's extremely common and number two unless you've done something bad it is not your fault your job is to keep going i would highly suggest as my last little piece that you make sure you have love and affection in your life romantic platonic 
either one or both, either way, whatever you choose, to the maximum because of all the benefits that love and affection has for you. This is painful. This is hard. I don't care, you know, what other people say about this. You will have haters if you're like, like a saint. <laughs> like real, and probably saints do have haters, but so hang in there. You know, do your due diligence to grow yourself, make your life amazing, and do not take this personally. This is this is not personal because if we go back to the Jack and Mike situation, say Jack wasn't the first leader of the club, and maybe, you know, Bob was or something, you know, Mike would have done that to Bob. Mike would have done that to whoever, whoever, because Mike feels that Mike should have done it. So it wouldn't have been Jack. If it wasn't Jack, it was Bob. Like, so it's not really personal to Jack, although Jack, it becomes personal because the attack is on Jack. So typically this isn't personal. You don't have to take it personally. I hope this has been helpful because my commitment to you is that you have this amazing life. Like you wake up in the morning and you are happy to get out of bed. You can't wait to get your day going. You're happy, you're healthy, you're well loved and life is beautiful. That's my end game for you. Plain and simple, that's what I want for you. I already have that. I might be waiting for this amazing man to show up, but I'm not actually waiting for him. I'm like powering life ahead and he'll come when he comes. So I hope that's been helpful. I do love you. Hang in there for now. And here's my non-musical outro. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast. Episode number 188, What About My Haters? I hope you have found some new strategies and avenues for action. If you have haters, which is very common, my request is that you share this podcast on social media to help other people who have haters because it's a painful thing and people could use a little leg up and a little help. That's it. I love you. Take care.